0: Welcome Patreon people to the second instalment of our Urban legend series, a quirky one today Chloe, we're going to talk about the ever-controversial Crown Casino
1: Yeah, I am right across this case, I also have some other <laughs> theories of all the secret things that they for sure do, but I mean, is it a myth? We don't know <laughs> We'll find out, yeah <laughs> But first up, we're going to walk down the trendy streets of Fitzroy North to where a very popular soup bar is rumoured to serve a drink, which, if ordered the right or wrong way, it could lead to to a very interesting situation.
0: When I heard of this rumour, I was surprised to hear that there was even a bar that specialised in just soup. Maybe I'm just not much of a soup guy, but right away, my first and only thoughts when it came to soup bars started and finished with this famous Seinfeld episode.
2: Now we gotta go to the soup place. What soup place? Uh, there's a soup stand. Kramer's been going there. He's always raving. I finally got a chance to go there the other day and I tell you this, you will be stunned. Stunned by soup? You can't eat this soup standing up your knees, Buckle. Huh?
0: <laughs> there's only one caveat. The guy who runs the place is a little temperamental, especially about the ordering procedure. He's secretly referred to as the soup Nazi
2: what happens if you don't order right? He
0: yells and you don't get your soup.
2: What? Just follow the ordering procedure and you will be fine. All right, all right, let's let's go over that again. All right, as you walk in the place, move immediately to your right. Step to the left and receive.
0: Right. It's very important not to embellish on your order. No extraneous comments, no questions, no compliments. Oh
2: boy, I'm really scared. Elaine.
0: Good afternoon. One large crab bisque to go. Red. Beautiful. You're pushing your luck, little man.
1: Sorry. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Hey there. Um. Uh... Oh, oh, oh. One Malagatani and um what is that right there? Is that lima bean? Yes. Never been a big fan.
0: <laughs> um
2: you know what? Does as anyone ever told you, you look exactly like Al Pacino? You know a sensible of a woman. Hua, Hoo
0: Very good. Very good. Yeah. You know something? Mm. No soup for you! Come back one year. Yes, the Soup Nazi episode, a very famous one, but let's back it up and take a walk through the streets of Fitzroy North, Chloe.
1: Fitzroy North is four kilometres northeast of Melbourne's CBD. It has a population of around 12,000 people. Fitzroy North, or North Fitzroy, whatever tickles your fancy, has some beautiful wide streets, some stunning architecture of Victorian and Edwardian-era terraced housing, and is home to the picturesque Edinburgh Gardens.
0: Fitzroy North is right next to Clifton Hill and, according to broadsheet.com, is quieter, more villagey and more affluent than Fitzroy proper. But the suburbs are almost equally matched when it comes to eating and drinking. It's the place to go for affordable and famous Moroccan soups, Indian and Sri Lankan buffets, classic pub meals and elaborate technique-driven dining from a veteran chef. There's something for everyone.
1: Broadsheet continues in another article. Since 1998, Fitzroy North's Moroccan Soup Bar has been a go-to for locals in search of a wholesome and wallet-friendly feed. But after more than 20 years, the homely, eternally jam-packed diner as we know it has closed. Worry not, though, it's relocated to the former site of Moroccan Soup Bar To Go, a takeaway-focused offshoot only a couple of minutes up St George's Road that opened in 2018. It'll now be the sole Moroccan soup bar location.
0: After dine-in service was banished in March 2020, the original location went from 180 covers a night to none, and following unsuccessful rent negotiations, owner Hannah Asafiri decided to make the move. On an unassuming day, I just packed it all down and literally left, she says. Who knew that the last time we closed the doors was the last time? Since then, she's really ramped up the takeaway offering. You can pick up colourful lunch packs that might include grilled halloumi, falafel, chamoula eggplant sticks, sweet potato chips and hummus, as well as the bang-for-your-buck banquets in to-go form with all the traditional dips, stews, soups and that famous chickpea bake.
1: While the new location might look a bit more like a general store now, it'll emerge from lockdown with a laser-focused social justice mission – Across six newly kitted out themed dining areas, ideal for the social distancing era, diners will be invited to think a little deeper about the world around them with conversation starters, quizzes and even guest speakers.
0: But there's no mention of a pineapple smoothie on the menu and it's this item on the streets and the internet that is the contentious one and the focus of this urban legend. And it's in a scungy little corner of Reddit that we find some of the only mentions online about this tale. Posted by username TimN90 some seven years ago now, he writes, a mate was telling me about some sort of secret code at the Moroccan soup bar in Fitzroy. He said he was told by a friend that it was used to find hookups or something like that. Colour me sceptical, but has anybody heard of anything like this? I'm thinking it's one of those bullshit, heard it from a friend of a friend kind of urban myths.
1: So according to Urban List, the story goes like this. If you go to the Moroccan soup bar and order a pineapple smoothie with no ice, you'll be escorted into a back room where someone will look you up and down and then take your number. Three hours later, you will receive a text inviting you to an orgy.
0: A variation of this was detailed on Reddit by username Killer Double Brown, who said, Go to the veggie bar in Brunswick on the third Thursday of every month between 7 and 8pm and order a pineapple smoothie with extra ice. Then, when you're sitting down, a short man will come up to you and ask, was that with extra ice or no ice that you ordered? You must reply with no ice. You will then get an awesome smoothie delivered to you. Leave your cell number on a napkin and give it to the short man on the way out and expect a text within three hours from someone. So a bit of a variation in the venue, but this is the gist of the recurring rumour.
1: An unknown Reddit user chimed in with a similar tale from their time in Sydney in the 90s. Saying there was a rumour spread via column 8 in the Herald Sun about how traversing the neutral bay coals on a Monday night with a large bunch of bananas in your trolley meant you were single and looking. Whether or not it was true before they started printing it, it rapidly became true. So another variation. But while this urban legend appears rarely, now and then on forums and within chat rooms it rears its head.
0: User McLuch posted on Reddit a rather idiotic message, hoping to stir the pot, I presume, and not seriously thinking this would work, when he wrote, Any girls from Melbourne DTF? User Puppy Fight Club responded with, There's a Department of Treasury and Finance subgroup question mark. But it was user Dance with No Pants, so you can't make these usernames up, honestly, <laughs> who gave Macklmarch the word on the street. Go to the Moroccan soup bar and ask for a pineapple smoothie with no ice.
1: There's no comment online from the Moroccan soup bar about this rumour. No mention of it on their Facebook page. The obvious strange thing about it, aside from the orgy aspect, is that a soup bar serves pineapple smoothies. Maybe it's a Moroccan thing. Whatever the case, it's highly likely, with all the inconsistent variations of this urban legend, that it is indeed a myth. But who knows? Maybe one of our patron people has the inside word on that one.
2: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Cruise down to Crown for a different view of winter park undercover, then sit back and enjoy a wide range of food from an exciting collection of restaurants in the most spectacular location in Melbourne. And there's a feast of entertainment awaiting you at Crown, plus the chance to try
1: your luck on a whole host of games in Australia's premier casino. It's hard to imagine
0: a better night out. Melbourne's Crown Casino has been accused of tampering with poker machines, ignoring patrons' drug use, and turning a blind eye to domestic violence. There's also been allegations that Crown Casino has business links with a Melbourne brothel, and that's been investigated over human trafficking. Per CultureTrip.com, everyday gamblers visit Crown Casino in Southbank trying to woo Lady Luck. But not everyone can be a winner, and with loan sharks on the prowl, it's not surprising broken dreams and empty bank accounts would leave some with suicidal thoughts. And this is where things turn a bit dark as we tell Peter's story, reading from the Age newspaper here.
1: Peter and his wife moved interstate to try and escape poker machines. They knew Peter had a serious addiction, and in Sydney the pokies were everywhere, Their logic was that in Perth, the Perth Casino was the only place where pokies were permitted. The couple's strategy was to control the harm, by Peter signing up to Crown's self-exclusion register. Moving to Perth meant starting again socially, which was challenging. He got a job in the mining industry.
0: Eighteen months ago, their marriage broke down and Peter's life spiralled out of control. He started using drugs and the following year, he was made redundant. He applied to his bank for $90,000 credit. This was approved and involved a bank personal loan and higher credit card limits. Peter then flew to Melbourne for the sole purpose of going to Crown Casino, gambling and then taking his own life. This is Peter's story and we'll be reading it verbatim as it was published.
1: I flew to Melbourne because I was self-excluded in Perth. I was trying to make things so bad for me, to make it easy for suicide. I had never had any attempt at winning. I just wanted to lose as much as I could as quickly as I could.
0: At the casino, I got cash out. I had about $15,000 cash in my bank account and a few days later, I got a $12,000 redundancy payout. Then I had credit cards with $2,000 daily limits. I had four credit cards and I'd walk in and out of the casino to the ATMs. The security guards would see the same person going, then coming back two minutes later, sometimes eight times in and out. I spent over $120,000 in total in the three weeks. I only played cash and I gambled on poker machines.
1: I was losing a lot, they noticed. The public liaison officer came up to me and offered me a pass to go into one of Crown's VIP rooms. He checked my ID and came back and said, you didn't tell me that you were self-excluded in Perth. But it's all good, it doesn't apply in Melbourne. I wasn't allowed into the VIP room but could gamble in the main casino.
0: He asked how long I was staying in Melbourne. I said a few days. I saw him another few times over the next three weeks. Two weeks later, he saw me and said, what are you still doing here? They offer you free rooms at the hotel if you're spending big, for me. It was important to be able to smoke and get entry into the mahogany room.
1: When I ran out of money, I started selling things. My iPad, MacBook, iPhone. I posted the ads on Gumtree while I was playing the pokies and within an hour there would be a reply and someone would come and meet me there. I'd also buy drugs. I'd reply to an online ad. Someone would come and meet me there within an hour. I'd meet them in the Crown's food court. One Friday night I bought drugs inside the casino itself. A drug runner, a kid of about 20 years, sat next to me and said, do you want to buy drugs? He passed it along to me. Some of it was meth and ecstasy.
0: By the third week, I was racking up lines on top of the poker machines. I did this a fair few times. Did they see me? There are so many cameras in there, they had to have seen the drugs. In that third week, I met a guy who was friendly. He signed me into the VIP rooms as his guest. He had access to all the high roller rooms and took me to each of the rooms. They check your license when you go in, but I went in as his guest. There were $500 a spin poker machines. No one from the casino ever approached me to offer help. I was spending big, sometimes $10,000 a day, and all cash.
1: My plan was, when I ran out of money, I was going to take my own life. I'd saved a large quantity of drugs to OD on. I had 40 ecstasy tablets saved. I'd lost my last dollar on the Saturday and took the tablets. I walked out and sat next to the river. I was hallucinating and freezing cold, so I went back into Crown and hid in the toilet for hours. The noise was driving me crazy with the hallucinations, so I walked out, bumping into people in the casino. It was busy. I didn't know what I was doing. I then walked down to the casino's basement car park and lay down for a few hours in a carpeted area with lockers. Some young patrons tried to help me.
0: Later, a security guard said, you can't sleep here, you have to move on. I think that there is a disjoint between security guards doing their security role and picking up problems. I moved back to the casino food court, but I was still really high. I went outside but fell over at the main crown entrance and couldn't get up. It had become daylight. Someone called a security guard. I ended up in an ambulance and in hospital. The doctors said I should have been dead. A few hours later, I walked out of the hospital, climbed a crane and tried to jump, but I couldn't. I was doing everything I could to stare death in the face, but I couldn't do it. I change as a person when I'm around poking machines. I'm reckless and I don't care. I leave absolutely disgusted with myself, but then I'll go a week later and do it all again.
1: Unfortunately, this doesn't appear to be an uncommon story. The Herald Sun reported in 2009 paramedics are being dispatched to Crown Casino Complex at a rate of more than one a day to respond to life threatening or dangerous scenarios. Official Ambulance Victoria data obtained under Freedom of Information laws. Revealed there were 881 calls for help at the casino between August 2007 and August 2009, with paramedics sent to the casino for 149 different reasons.
0: Among call-outs were overdoses, sexual assaults, gun and knife fights, a drowning and several emergencies for pregnant women. The report also shows one call out for a fall from up to 6 metres listed as a jumper or suicide attempt, 28 cases of intentional overdose or poisoning and 21 accounts of people threatening to take their own life. As the details of the report emerged, paramedics and welfare groups said suicides at Crown were a serious problem that needed acknowledging. But while Crown has confirmed many of the incidents described in the report, it says only three deaths had occurred on the premises in the past year and only one was someone taking their own life.
1: But again, per Culture Trip and Urban List, it's reported staff have been known to escort tired high rollers into hotel suites to sleep, but not all of them leave their rooms alive and this is where the rumour begins – The legend goes that Crown have attempted to conceal the high mortality rate by building an underground morgue and having a system of secret tunnels running through the casino used by special personnel to smuggle bodies discreetly off the premises. There's even a rumour that some bathroom stalls have such a high suicide rate that they are specially engineered to rotate for swift body disposal.
0: Apparently there's a secret corridor leading from some of these toilets to allow staff to smuggle the bodies of gamblers who lose their will and means to live. And these corridors lead to a cavernous morgue in the chilly bowels of the building, which is rumoured to double as a final resting place for elderly, eccentric and troublesome patrons, who have a tendency to unexpectedly die. The legend persists on the streets of the internet as we go back to Reddit, where user CVAP posted, Does anyone know about or believe in the Crown Casino mystery? talking about the secret morgue and shoots to discard dead bodies of people committing suicide as well as the double-sided mirrors in the bathrooms.
1: No Mystery 3 responded, I work there. To the kill the mystery, bin down every alleyway out the back. No such thing as a morgue. Never heard of a suicide in the building. Probably happened. But if something major occurs, black velvet is hung around the area and the ambulance is called.
0: CVAP retorted, that's exactly what someone who works at Cram would say to others, trying to cover up the secret. Ha ha. An unknown user went on to say they do have a morgue. The double-sided mirror in the bathroom rumour came about when apparently a Chinese national bought an apartment in Towers and allegedly had it installed in his room. Jacko 202 responded in disbelief, but username Gronk shut it down. There is no morgue, double-sided mirrors or any of that other stuff.
1: To go along with these anecdotal denials from alleged employees, the Herald Sun spoke with a spokesperson of Crown Casino who emphatically denied the existence of a morgue and expressed disbelief that the strange story continues year after year. So it looks like this tale too is just a persistent urban legend. So that's it for those two urban legends, but let's go back and recap a little. I mean, the Moroccan soup bar, I feel like this was one time where maybe some pretty adventurous patron might have just said the right thing to the right person and something happened, someone saw it, and then they've never let it go.
0: Okay, so it's like a, like a one-off thing. Something has maybe yeah. happened once and they've kind of like told this story.
1: But not like a, you know, organised thing. I think maybe like people, someone hooked up. It like started as probably, you know, someone went there, hooked up with a bartender or something or, you know, a server yeah. and then that person told that person then 15 people later, it's now order this thing with no eyes, yeah. go out in the back room where actually there was just two very willing people that probably hooked up and then it's morphed into something. That's what I think anyway. Or
0: it could be, you know, a, an employee at some point in time was in that scene and that was a thing like, oh, yeah, yeah. if you want if you want to get, you know, Reggie, you know, go there and do that for a brief period of time, you know, because that stuff, like, yeah, Herman Rockefeller, let's look back at that, you know, like, so it just could have been a point in time. There was one person who ran their own little thing, unbeknownst to the owner, maybe something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, it's a strange (laughs) one.
1: (laughs) It is. And I mean, the Crown Casino thing, I don't know if this is just um, someone living in Victoria, but the things I've heard about what secretly happens at Grand Casino, it's endless. Like it doesn't does even end there. it I've heard about, um, you know, secret sex rooms. I've heard about all sorts of things. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, obviously they're denying it. Um, they have a lot of money. When there's a lot of money and a big organisation, I feel like these rumours and urban legends are just rife because yeah. what can't rich people do, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah no it's it's intriguing to think but like you said surely there'd be some stuff going on there like i don't know that they'd have a, yeah. <laughs> I don't know they'd have this set up but <laughs> there would be some dodgy stuff going on there for sure
1: Definitely and i mean it's always um suspicious when our main source of proof on these things is Reddit, isn't it? I mean, um, you walk a fine line when that is, that's the thing, but it's the deal with urban legends, you know, it's very rarely in legit places. We've got to find the info where we can find it.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. But no, two two very interesting ones, probably uh, definitely myths and legends, but, um, <laughs> you know, like you said, there, there might be a sort of an element of of truth uh, in the sense of where they've maybe originated, you know, Um but probably um, persisted over time, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely.
0: And because we've had a bit of a Seinfeld theme going on in this episode, I thought it would be Have a, we? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> uh, I thought it would be good to bring back a segment that we haven't done for a while, Chloe's favourite segment, the airing of grievances.
2: The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> no? You're
1: gonna hear about it. <sighs> yep, great. Let's <laughs> <That's> go. <good.
0: laughs> I'll go first to make it easier on you because I've got an update on my post here.
1: Oh yeah, I haven't heard yeah. this.
0: So I um, I was doing some shopping in my hometown the other day. Uh, it was quite far away from our house, so he was on his, you know, his his route is obviously quite far and wide. I've pulled up out the front of this shop I was going to. It was just one of the many parks on the side of the road out the front of this place. Mm. It was quite it was quiet, so there was lots of, mm. of parks. But obviously, unbeknownst to me, I've parked in a spot that he likes to pull up in when he vis- visits this business to drop mail. So he I've pulled what, up Was it
1: a posty park? Like it was not No, you know,
0: it wasn't a designated no. park. It was just a normal <laughs> park on the side of the road. I've pulled up and I had my youngest daughter with me, so I I took a couple of minutes to sort of get her you know, out of her chair and get the bags yeah. ready and all that stuff. Uh, and we and I've pulled up and it was it was sort of close to where the footpath starts for this particular business. So it's obviously he likes to pull up where he can get out and to, like the same deal as the problem he has with <laughs> here. Like the least <laughs> amount of human effort possible for this guy. So he pulls yeah. up, Win Duffy. He sees that I'm there and he's greasing. I don't think he recognised me specifically, but he's greasing me off. I've got his spot. So he drives sort of up, you know, several car parks and and reverses right back as close (laughs) as he possibly can to my car to make a point of because he's mouthing off while he's doing this and he gets out and he's he's clearly reversing to make a point of, hey, man, you've parked in my little um, unofficial postie spot here. This is where I like. So it's almost like marking his his territory, or something, with his, yeah, with his little right. car, gets out, shuffles down the footpath. You know, just yeah, very impatiently, annoyed. That default sort of setting for him. Obviously, I'm, I'm a child with me. I didn't, I didn't talk to him or anything like that. But I was just like, come on, man! Like you're so angry. It doesn't matter where this guy is or what it is. He finds yeah. something to get angered about. And, and um, it wasn't
1: the last car park. Like he just no. had to go like three meters. Forward to where you normally would be. Yeah, right?
0: there were dozens of cars. I mean, he could have <laughs> parked behind me or in front. It would have really made no material difference. But <laughs> I was obviously just in that spot he liked, his usual spot, and uh, that was enough to anger him. So anyway, Jeez. So I just well. look. I let him have this one. Obviously, I didn't uh, you know <laughs> say anything or whatever, and just went in and got what I had to get and yeah he would have continued on his angry way i assume so anyway <laughs> yeah
1: go on Poor posting he needs to um well it leads into mind that i went to a webinar on resilience this week and you know got back into like gratitude tracking you know that you three things that went well this week so one the airing of grievances feels real hard for me this week, even more than usual because I'm not in that headspace. And also the postie needs it. Like maybe we'll get him that book that I was telling about, yeah. you know, pass it on to him, give him a gratitude journal. <laughs> <laughs> get him going. Just leave it on top of the mailbox next time yeah. he's in town.
0: Yeah, good idea.
1: <laughs> um, okay, but mine is that... I bought a drink bottle. I talked about it on the main feed. Also, forgot to let anyone know I didn't have to have a bathroom break last week if anyone was <laughs> losing sleep over that. <laughs> Made it through with 1.5 litres of water. So, I got this drink bottle because it's um, uh, stainless steel um, and it's 1.5 litres. And I can't, I haven't been able to find one this big that isn't plastic or something for ages. And I finally found one. I love it. But the drinking bit of it is this really. Um, thin hole at the top that I can't, one, I can't get a lot of water in my mouth at once, which is how I kind of drink. But then when I do, I've got to slowly tip the bottle up because if I just kind of throw it back to take a swig, the kind of mouth hole that's on the top of the bottle, just no water comes out and then it splashes all over me down my neck. Like I've had essentially wet collarbones for the past week because I keep on just <laughs> drowning myself in water. So now it's gone to the point where I just take the lid off, I unscrew the lid to drink out of the bottle, which isn't ideal. And I also tagged the company in, you know, on social media and they got back to me and asked me if I liked it and I told them that I loved it and I already knew that the lid was shit and I didn't have the guts to say anything about it. Oh, I was like, yeah, no. I love it, it's such a good bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: But uh, anyway, good grievance. And uh, I think uh, <laughs> with all of that said, um, oh, we'll do a quick sneak previews too. So we've got um, yeah. Episode 79 coming out next week, which will be a standalone case. Um, but for our, for Case 80, we're going to do Claremont, which I know a lot of people yep. have uh, asked about. Now that's all sort of wrapped up earlier this mm. year. I think we'll be able to cover cover that. It might end up being a couple of parts. Um, we, we're sort mm. of discussing how we're going to uh, – sort of deliver all of that at the moment but we will be doing that so that'll be good and to see us out we'll play the uh, Seinfeld theme song
1: (laughs) (laughs) on that note see everyone
0: (laughs) thanks for listening folks take it easy can pick up colourful lunch packs that might include... I have no idea how to fucking say that, Chloe. Maj- Majidara? I might, um, Maj- I might just fucking delete that and just say...
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Including, yep. yeah.
0: But it was dance with no pants. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can get soup? Please, you're wasting everyone's time.
2: I don't want soup. I can make my own soup. Five cups? Chopped porcini mushrooms, half a cup of olive oil, three pounds celery. That is
1: my recipe for a wild mushroom.
2: Yeah, that's right. I got them all. Cold cucumber, corn and crab chowder, mulligatani. Mulligatani. You're through, soup Nazi. Back it up. No more soup for you. Nah!